In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Like a soundtrack I wrote to the beat When the streets keep calling Heard it when I was sleeping T-O-M-P-T-O-M My city, mom and in the streets This is my part, nobody else speaks Chopper sister, brother, son, showstopper, flow, proper head, knocker, beat, scholar. 
represents with your house. Who shot Biggie Smalls? If we don't get them, they gon' get us all. Hey, you know how we ball. Right in the shiny car. I know we got for the law. We tied them like fuck some law. Smoking out, throwing up, keeping lead up in my cup. You leave no drink around me, believe your drink gon' get drunk up. Wasn't even close to Halloween when the MCs came. Tell us about the name. Went solo on that ass, but it's still the same. Okay, first things first, I eat your brain. Oh. Eating whack rappers alive, shitting out chains. Westside, when we rock, come equipped with game. Look, homie, I done came up and I ain't changed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Hold up. I don't mean to hold you up, but I got something to say. Come on. Give me the mic so I can take it away. Player haters, get away. On my leg will spray. Because I just can't quit. Mayonnaise, color pins, I push miracle whips. I travel around. I'm the new fool in town. I'm the young Harlem nigga with the Goldie sound. I'm getting down, down. And I can't to get down. Get down, girl, don't hit the damn. You guys, welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is Ryan Bailey. This is your Wednesday episode. We have made it halfway through the week. Today is the hump day, the humpty hump day. Let's get it, guys. We got two more days until that sweet, sweet weekend, and I cannot wait. There is something about the week that, um, what's the word? It just sucks. <laughs> um, let's see here. We got a couple stories, and then I want to get to our guest. Today, I have a fascinating interview. Uh, it's this uh, woman, Dana Omari. She has an account called IG Famous by Dana and a new podcast called Serial Fillers. Her account, she has like 225,000 followers, uh, IG Famous by Dana, but she kind of breaks down like plastic surgery and and just all this. But her podcast is amazing, and she, she broke down everything I needed to know about Julia Fox, you know, Kanye West's current girlfriend, if that's what we want to call her. She's uh, done so many things about the Kardashians. She has a whole episode on the Tristan Thompson drama, so right up my alley. So we have the best conversation where I get to ask a lot of things as a stupid guy where I just sometimes don't get, I don't get what, you know, guys and girls do to their faces and, and she gets to explain it to me and it got, it has a lot of like celebrity gossip and I just, I couldn't have, I couldn't have had a better time. I just really enjoyed talking to her. So I think you're going to enjoy listening to her. I have a couple things I want to talk about before we get to that. And then on, we'll have a guest on Thursday. Plus I will be reviewing the Jamie Lynn Spears call her daddy appearance. Unfortunately, um, the only thing I'll say about it right now, because it really is going back and forth, is that the whole point, whether you think Britney is going off on her Instagram and it might seem a little bizarre, the whole point of getting her free and all that is so her family would stop kind of doing all the shit they've been doing since the conservatorship. And Jamie Lynn is out there just not listening. And then all the, at the same time, gaslighting all of us saying, yeah, y'all, this ain't talking about Britney. This is my life, y'all. She brings up Britney like 225 times in a 212 page, 212 page book. 
Like to me, that's just obvious is like, yo, stop talking about Britney, especially if you're a blood relative. It, it seems so easy, like maybe like give it a couple years, let her get back on her feet. Like, why do this? And I'm sorry, you're not going to convince me that it's not a money grab. Like, I, I'm sorry, but you're not going to convince me that Brit, like Jamie Lynn is well off. You know, that Zoe 101 money. That's that's good as gold, baby. Um, so we'll talk more about that on Thursday because I have more opinions Um uh, you know, Brittany is uh, okay. I'm going to not talk about that right now or I'll get upset. <laughs> oh, you guys, I had a, so I got, I got my new Toyota Corolla tonight. Now I went and bought it like a week and a half or two weeks ago. Time means nothing anymore. I just lease you guys. I'm not some fancy pants buyer. I had to turn in my old car, which is a lease. I try to lease cars because listen, I don't know. I hate to like this. Yeah, I know you guys all think that I'm some super cool, super wealthy dude, uh, <laughs> but I don't know. Like I know ne- I don't know what's you know. Like I always try to keep my expenses low. So, but a Toyota Corolla is a really reliable car, and this is really cool as op- Apple CarPlay and and. Uh, but I always do that. But I got to go pick up the actual car because of COVID. They don't really have a lot of the cars anymore on the lots. Um, so I got one, and it's not black, but it's silver. So that was. Uh, I usually like black cars like my heart, but you know, the silver was nice and I was over in the Valley. So I live, um, off, uh, like Melrose area and, uh, but I, I, you know, I grew up, not grew up, but like a lot of my twenties and some of my thirties, like they were over in the Valley and I have so many memories in the Valley, but if you're not familiar with, uh, Los Angeles is that. The valley is, you know, it's a lot hotter in the valley to where more families are kind of raised. And then you have over the hill, which is like the Hollywood area. It's, you know, more expensive, dirtier, more people. I, you know, in fact, I do not know why Hollywood is. I mean, besides like the it's more cool in terms of actual weather, it's more cool. I don't see sometimes the big draw as you get older. But so I went over to get this car finally. And it takes a long time to do that. But I was sitting there at the car dealership and I was just thinking about, you know, those places you go and they can even be places in the same town that you live, but you don't really see anymore. But they can bring up all of these memories about life. And I was just kind of doing that. I was like going through, you know, like a decade of my life of like, oh, thinking about the burrito place down the the, the uh, street that I used to go get burritos at or the, the Ralph's up on Burbank that when me and my ex lived right off of, um, uh, Magnolia, we would go to, you know, and you're just thinking about those little things in life, you know, like the things that they're not huge events, but like you're remembering that Thursday night when you got sent to the store to, to, to get some creamer late at night, you know, like, do you guys remember that those things sometimes too? Not like the big things, but the small things of like, Oh, that, I don't know why, but that memory came of me having to go fill up, uh, you know, her gas tank at a gas station. Like, so I was like struck by all of these memories and my friend Jocelyn, um, the reason I'm bringing all of this up is that it's a positive thing is that my friend Jocelyn has two kids. Awesome. But I didn't really get to see her much over the last couple of years due to COVID and, and she texted me and I was like, Oh, I'm in your area. Like you live in the Valley. And I got to, I got the car, which was really cool. And it actually drove really nice. And I'm not a big car person, obviously. I'm even though Toyota Corolla is a pimp car. Uh, it's very nice. (laughs) If anybody, 
It's a Patreon exclusive. Uh, if you're a Patreon member, you can sit in my car. Um, what if that is like part of the Patreon is I'll, I'll drive you to the airport, you know, I'll pick you up at LAX. No, but, um, so she texted and I was like, oh, I'm in your neighborhood. I, I, I would love, and I, and I usually am not like this, but I was like, I'd love to see you. And I got to go see her and her, and her son. And it just, uh, it made me feel so good. And I forgot, like sometimes you forget. And I think that's what this bullshit COVID has done to us is that I forget what my life was two years ago. I forget that I had a full life here. Like I was a struggling actor and I, I worked all the time, whether it be at my actual job or auditioning or whatnot, you know, on top of a healthy TV schedule, but I had a whole life. And I think a lot of us let those lives go, right? Like COVID kind of took a lot away from us. Or or if you're trying to be safe, you know, there, there are safety reasons for these things too, but I forget, like, I forget I have, like, an actual group of people that are out there, that are there, that we're all kind of, like, scared to see each other. And, you know, it's just weird. I, I was just thinking about that, and I was like, wow, I I actually can go see these people, right? Like, I can go and say hi. Like, we were both wearing our masks, and, you know, we both had our shots and our booster and all that stuff. And um, But it was really nice. I gotta say, it was really nice, and it reminded me of... You know, they say that thing, you know, friends and family will remind you of who you are. And it was really nice. It was really nice. And she was, uh, you know, I was just talking about silly things about growing up and uh, getting older. And I don't know, it was just, it was very nice. And I just needed it. I need more things like that. And I think maybe we all need more things like that. We need to be reminded of the people that we were, the people that we were trying to be. And, and we can take these last two years and like take a lot of positivity from it and try to get back on track or try to see what is happening now because you guys came into my life in the last two years. You know, I haven't got to see a lot of my old friends, but I, I've gained so many new friends because of you. So that is something I, I, you know, I know the people that are listening to this that just listen for the reality show or pop culture stuff. Like, I know I treat this as like my diary sometimes, and I hope that's okay to you. Um, but if not, you can always, you know, skip ahead to the interview because of the timestamp. But sometimes this helps clear my head because if I say it out loud, it gets out of my head and it makes a little more sense to me. And it kind of, um, I don't know, there's like a cleansing effect for me because sometimes if I bottle things up enough because there's so much going on in my head, it just, um, it's like a cancer almost like, you know, I got to get it out. But I was trying to think about that because I've just kind of been bummed lately, you know, or, or probably for a long time. I think a lot of us have. And I, I was just reminding of like, oh, I have to remind myself to kind of step, you know, dip my toe in the water of like, you know, trying to start going out and doing things and not being so scared about it all the time or not, you know, or, you know, of course, always safety is the key. But um, I don't know. It was really nice. And I forgot that because the other thing, and, and I know a lot of my listeners are young, so you guys don't have to deal with this. But me, a lot of my friends went and had babies during the pandemic. Like, I mean, which is, I've always said, like the, if, if you, if you had a baby during the pandemic, it's like the pandemic, like it didn't exist. It's like, I, I created a human life during the pandemic. I did something amazing during the pandemic. Like I watched 
a lot of MSNBC, which I really regret. And I barely even made it through like rewatches of shows. I don't have a lot to show for my pandemic except for a couple of like cool relationships. But other than that, I didn't do tons of cool stuff except for you guys. Like you guys are my thing. Um, but I don't know. I wanted to speak. I wanted to tell you guys that because like I say, when I tell you guys, it makes it real, but it, it was kind of exciting and it made my heart feel good. And, uh, I got to remind myself to do those things that make your heart feel good. And hopefully you guys are doing those things that make your hearts feel good too. Uh, do you guys like the summer house, uh, uh, recap and Kyle and Amanda? I still feel so bad. Like I've gotten so many people reach out about Kyle and Amanda and man, I don't know. Like it's, it's, ah, it's frustrating because every girl I talk to is like, Kyle is a bad seed. And I, I know exactly what they're talking about, but I kind of just, there's a part of me that just hopes they're happy, I guess. Just, I don't know. So, and also Thursday, I'll be talking about the Vanderpump Rules season finale. I have not gotten to watch it yet. It was on tonight, but I was, you know, busy doing friendly things. And uh, so I, I cannot wait to watch that actually. And the reunion preview, you guys, looks amazing looks amazing the la la stuff and there's a line where lisa vanderpump says you lose uh like in regards to randall like you lose him how you get him which is you know la la lost him to cheating and that's how she got him was through cheating um uh, you know that's a great line you got the brock stuff you got the sandoval stuff you've got dj james kennedy and raquel breaking up i still you guys on saturday was it yeah, saturday when i saw tom play and dj james kennedy afterwards i told this on the pod on monday but i'm still having nightmares of dj james kennedy whipping off his shirt and like just being soaked in sweat and i think there was like what was there like 80 of us there like at that point because it was the end of the night and it was just like he was treating it like coachella which like i said shout out you know players got to keep playing but it was just I felt like I was, and I was also on a mind-altering substance, but besides that, it was still just so bizarre because I was like, what is my life? This is this is potentially, that's why I have to go meet uh, my old friends to ground me because I was I felt so bad after Saturday night going, what the fuck am I doing? I'm a grown man watching DJ James Kennedy strip down and he's just soaking wet while he's playing a remix of some shitty song that I've never heard in my life. No offense. Um... <laughs> also at the beginning i played 40 years of hip-hop i played that because it's a jam and there's so many every song on that uh mashup is amazing but also i was thinking about it in terms of history i was on spotify and you know on spotify they can tell you like how many downloads each song or how many streams each song has and there will be like djs that i don't really like i've heard of but don't really give a crap about and they'll have like Two billion streams on the song Fall Autumn Rock Leaves. You know, like some bullshit song. And then I was looking at Elton John. And Elton John, great, but there would be like 500 million streams. I'm like, Elton John's not a fucking billion stream every song. He's Elton John. That's history. But I was also thinking about that in terms of Bravo and all the pop culture we love. And and what I what I, what I wanted to say was that I think... It really uh, is up to us, and I know this sounds silly, to teach the youngsters history, to teach our kids, to teach our friends history. I was thinking about when I grew up in Olathe, Kansas, and I 
was so fortunate to meet these um, two twin brothers, the Bayses, ja- uh, Josh and Zach Bays. And they uh, were like a year or two older than me in our junior high. And they, I became friends with them and they were the funniest guys I'd ever met in my life. I think they turned out to be advertising execs, which makes sense because they were just so unique, such great, great personalities, so funny, but they took me into their fold and I felt like the coolest person ever. And they introduced me to comedy, to Monty Python, which, you know, I was like, who are these guys? Like British, like, you know, when you're a kid, you don't even know what a British accent is. And you're like, that man talks funny like that, like old Steve Martin stand up. Uh, they introduced me to the band REM, who I love dearly to this day, but they were just cool. You know, they taught me things. They taught me, you know, these this old school comedy or or this this uh, alternative band. And it's important to teach people things, to point people in the right direction. You know, I, I would be so sad, and I know this is not coming anytime soon, but I was like, yo, Elton John deserves to be just as big as any DJ out there right now. Like, there's an artistry to songs. There's even an artistry to reality shows, right? There's an art there. And I think that's so cool about Bravo now is that we have a history. We have 16 years of a history with Bravo, right? But it's up to us to share that with people, to share Bravo's humble beginnings. And I know this kind of sounds silly, but I really am. I do mean this. I have another guest uh, coming up, I think, next week. Uh, It's a new Instagram account called Bravoholic Data, where she literally will take all the data from these shows, say who got the most screen time for the week, who got the most Instagram followers after an episode. And you can really start piecing together all of this amazing information from these shows. And we were talking about, uh, I think the term she was using was young Bravo because young Bravo are like Vanderpump rules, summer house, things that are bringing in a younger audience And they're not familiar with the older shows. They're not familiar with the beginnings of OC or the beginnings of Beverly Hills. They might know it now, but they didn't know it back then. So we've got to, you know, scream it from the highest mountaintops. We got to be take pride in this history. This is something cool that we all like. This is something, you know, there's only so few times in life where you get to be part of or a fan of a new kind of art form. And that's what reality shows are. In our generation right now, we will be alive during the time that reality shows started, caught fire, and progressed. Like, that's pretty exciting. You know, I mean, sure, would we have loved to have been a, a, a during a time of Mozart? Maybe. But they wouldn't have had TV back then. So uh, that is the other thing, too, is that I don't have a kid I know like, I don't even have a kid to joke about. Like, I don't have a kid that I know about. Like, I know I don't have a kid. But if I did, and maybe I can, you know, like, if I did, I would be trying to upload as much of this information as I could. Um, so hopefully you guys are doing that with your family and your friends because this is important stuff and we got to have all this stuff live on. Okay, um, a couple more. <laughs> I, you know, I start talking to you guys and I can't stop. You know, that's your fault, not mine. Uh, A couple things that have annoyed me real quick. Now, 
this was the uh, season finale of Pump Rules, like I, I told you guys about. But uh, Randall Emmett, you guys know Randall, the guy that cheated on Lala, also supposedly a film producer. He posted on his Instagram tonight. He uh, it, it's like this really bad graphic. Go to Randall Emmett Films. It says Hollywood producer to film and submit pickleball documentary to Sundance Film Festival. And in that the 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 you know the Instagram description it says so excited to be a part of this community. Like what the pickleball community? This will take everyone from the birth of the game to the shakeup in the sport where it's headed. And then he's tagged a lot of pickleball accounts. <laughs> and it's like, okay, hate to be a dick. You know, art is hard. You know, I applaud anybody trying to do anything with their lives. But this will take everyone from the birth of the game. Like, I now you've hooked me. I've got to know where the birth of pickleball happened. And secondly, you know, it says to the shakeup in the sport and where it's headed. Like, what was the shakeup in the sport? Was it that Randall Emmett started playing? But then a young man named Randall Emmett came on the pickleball field. Also, pickleball, no offense, but like Teddy Mellencamp was on a magazine called In Pickleball. She was the cover girl last year on a pickleball magazine. And that's when I decided pickleball is not for me. If Freddie Mellencamp is playing pickleball, I am running the... I will... I will become a good tennis player just to not play pickleball. But also, and then the shot has Randall, like, 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 like with a pickleball, like, like he's in mid game. But it's like, I don't think Randall, like he doesn't, I think he thinks he looks like Michael Jordan or something, but he looks like Randall Emmett. So it doesn't, it's like not the same, but he, he releases this on the day of the Vanderpump premiere, the Vanderpump season finale and the preview of the reunion got released today. So I think that's so weird. And it's almost kind of like damage control, but I think he didn't really think it through. Cause it just makes him look like I, you know, just a bigger loser than we already potentially thought he was. Like, I just thought this was the wrong move. Like, you know, maybe put up that picture with him and Robert De Niro again today. But like, also the other thing is says Hollywood producer to film and submit pickleball documentary to Sundance film festival. Now, let me tell you this. It says to film and submit. So that I get from that is Hollywood producer to film and submit. So this hasn't been done at all. This is just Randall saying, I'm going to film this. So that's what that means. And then submit pickleball documentary to Sundance. Do you guys know that anybody can submit a film to Sundance? So this doesn't say it's been picked by Sundance. It says it will be submitted in, guys, if we all have the $120 registration fee, we can submit anything we want. In fact, we should find out when Rando's going to submit this and all just flood Sundance with just shitty Instagram submissions. And uh, or maybe, you know what? Maybe we'll announce on So Bad It's Good right now that we will be doing the official Randall Emmett documentary. So um, Hollywood bad boy of podcasting, Ryan Bailey is going to film and then submit a documentary about the humble beginnings of Randall Emmett and the horrible, dirty text messages from a, uh, an account that he didn't claim, which was the shakeup of the sport. Like, come on, man. Wouldn't that be great, a Randall Emmett documentary? Now that I would watch.
right? That what I would watch. Okay, and finally, this was a headline that enraged me, so I need to share it with you guys. Machine Gun Kelly says Megan Fox's engagement ring was designed to hurt if she takes it off. Uh, E.T. Online reports Machine Gun Kelly had a very specific vision in mind when he came up with his idea for Megan Fox's engagement ring. After less than two years of dating the musician, blah, 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 with... uh, It's a special engagement ring filled with meaning and symbolism. Speaking with Vogue recently, Kelly, whose real name is Colson Baker, you mean it's not Machine Gun? Uh, Detailed the gorgeous two-stone sparkler. Quote, it's a thoroughbred Colombian emerald with no treatment. It was just carved into the teardrop straight out of the mine. Weird. Um, and the diamond was directly from designer Stephen Webster. The concept is that the ring can come apart to make two rings. When it's together, it's held in place by a magnet. So you see how it snaps together? God, was this guy just fucking doing interviews about this whole, like, was this a publicity event? But he's doing full interviews? Okay, uh, so you see how it snaps together and then it forms an obscure heart, Kelly explained. And you see this right here? The bands are actually thorns, so if she tries to take it off, it hurts. Expanding on the reasoning behind the macabre band design, Kelly explains simply, Love is pain! Exclamation mark. As for their fashion sense in general, Fox told Vogue, Musicians have so much freedom to express themselves in the way that they dress. Like me. I dress like a dirty magician. (laughs) They can be so much more flamboyant than actors usually can. Prior to being famous, everyone who knew me always knew that I would always wear one really insane piece, like a backwards baseball cap. No, I'm joking. Um, And everyone would be like, you dress weird. And it wasn't until I was molded and how to dress and had to dress one way that I gave up on that. Being with him, obviously, he's slightly eccentric in the way that he dresses and that has freed me up to express myself more, Megan Fox added. You guys, I, it's so early in 2022, and I know we have Kanye, Kanye and Julia Fox out there, but I think, I think I want to go ahead, and this is huge, this is something that people can put on their resume, I want to say that this might be my most hated couple. Like I truly, you put thorns on your ring and you want to tell us about that? Let alone this fucking engagement thing that was shot from like eight different angles and he says it was just me and her. Then who was fucking moving the camera like 30 different directions? Are you out of your minds? Like how punk rock is this that you're giving, you're you're giving interviews out? What's a thoroughbred Colombian emerald? Is that a horse? What is going on? Like, and then it's like snaps together. Is it a transformer? Is that because she was in Transformers? And what? I'm going to hurt. If she takes this ring off, it's going to cut her. It's going to cut her boobs off. That's what it's going to do. It's a magic ring, bro. Yep. Straight from the mine. (laughs) I sent my little machine guns to go go do a diamond mine. And then I immediately made them craft the diamond straight out of the ground. Because that's good diamond mining you know what i'm saying oh like (laughs) like also like like (laughs) so i mean first off 
the thorn thing, like if somebody tries to steal the ring, like or like slip it off her finger without her knowing, I mean it's a good way to potentially wake Megan up because it'll be thorny, but also like chill out. Like, come on, just I swear to God, it's okay to be normal sometimes. Like everything doesn't have to be a PR statement or like like we get it. You guys love sex. You guys are punk rock. We totally get it. It's just going too far. Like, if she takes that ring off, uh, uh, so, something bad will happen to three of her cousins. That's what happens. That's That actually comes with the ring. That's a known thing. Oh, you guys, pop culture is so stupid. And uh, I cannot wait to talk about in this interview, we got more Julia Fox uh, Kanye stuff because it really is a fascinating life. We do talk about the Kardashians. I know some people get annoyed talking about the Kardashians, but I think, like I say in this interview, it's very, you got to, if you study pop history and pop culture, you got to talk about the Kardashians. They've done it like nobody else has done it. And it's worth studying. You don't have to like it, but I think it's worth it. But we go all around. She was great. And she's got a new podcast called Serial Fillers, where I listen to a couple episodes. I don't usually listen to podcasts uh, because I don't like to steal anything from anyone. But I listened to a couple because she was coming on and I really enjoyed it. It was very informative. So many facts. I, I really, I became smarter uh, just listening to it, but you guys will automatically know her. Like I said, from her Instagram account and that's IG famous by Dana. Uh, so here is our guest, the one and only Dana Omari. Uh, welcome back to iHeartRadio, So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. Uh, today, we are very lucky to have a guest that I have never spoken to before. And it's uh, it's um, this is why Instagram's amazing, you guys, is because I was not aware of our guest, even though she has a really bonkers huge account. But somebody tagged me, I think, in a Khloe Kardashian, Tristan Thompson post. And of course, you guys know how obsessed I am with that story, that mess of a story. And I was like, oh, somebody's like, oh, you should have her on the pod. And it was like one of those things where it was like a three second. Oh, of course. And uh, I had Sandra set it up because it was just I was like, this is so in the wheelhouse. But it's also awesome because she kind of hits it from this other angle of, you know, procedures, skincare, but also mixed with pop culture. And then I found out she has a new podcast, you guys, called Serial Fillers that's on its sixth episode. And I fully geeked out on this podcast because it has so much information like it. it she goes down the timeline of the Julia Fox Kanye West story. She was going down the timeline of uh, another episode of Tristan Thompson and Chloe and that whole mess with Jordan Woods. Uh, but it was just so good. But I just. I need help as a dude just to even know what a BBL is because she does a lot of BBL talk. So we've got to figure this all out. So uh, you might know her as IG famous by Dana on Instagram. Her name is Dana Omari. Dana, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I have been a fan of your podcast for a while, but really my favorite things that you do are your memes. I mean, the stop sleeping with Tristan Thompson meme. <laughs> yes. Sold. Which is, which is now a t-shirt guys. Everybody can buy that because it's, <laughs> it's just going to collect value with age. Cause he will keep cheating. Um, I need that t-shirt. Why don't I have this t-shirt? <laughs> Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the 
seasonal must-haves like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Um, so how do you, how long has your Instagram account been around? Since 2018. So um, celebrating Okay, and we're, we're in 2019 right now. What are we? Okay, 2018. <laughs> Something like that. So when you first started, because what what is your actual job when you started? Oh, okay. So I'm a dietitian, but when I started, and I still work in um, aesthetics, but when I started, I was over the wellness department at a med spa, and I was the um, assistant manager of a med spa. And I started my page not realizing that anybody would ever want to look at it. It was really <laughs> for me to vent my frustrations, the things that I couldn't tell my clients, my patients. So when they would say, Oh, I don't want Botox in my lips. And I'm like, we're not putting Botox in your lips, baby. We're putting filler. Filler and Botox are not the same thing. Or, you know, I was thinking about getting Botox to get rid of lines, but then I saw this celebrity who's selling some CBD serum. And I think that's going to get rid of my wrinkles. And I'm like, no, she uses Botox. I, I don't know if she uses her CBD serum, but she definitely gets Botox. But you can't say that to your, yeah. you know, your customers. So I would just go on there and show the before and after and be like, this person keeps saying that they're just drinking lemon water and it's a hundred percent that they're getting something done. Trust me. I know. I see it. I see the clients every day. I'm in Houston. We even have celebrity clients. So what, what, what do you think really that stigma? Well, I'm always confused and, and coming from a guy's perspective where I don't fully understand obviously what it's like to be a woman. Why do you think why is it kept such secret? Why is it how like we, you know, we've been gaslit by the Kardashians our entire life of like, no, I just got, I just got a tiny little thing taken off my nose and like they've changed their full bodies. Why is it such a secret when we all kind of know that it's a lie? Because there's something about being natural that people think is superior, like manufactured beauty is not good enough. So it's like, oh, she's pretty, but it's because she does X, Y, and Z. And it's just really not fair because whether it's Botox or you're showering, you're doing something for your appearance, right? I mean, that is true. Like I, that's, I have not showered yet, so I'm not <laughs> doing anything for my appearance, but um, that, see, and so what is your, like, where did you come at it and have you changed your opinion on uh, procedures and all that as you get further in the business? Like, do you think like, no, this is an amazing opportunity to be able to uh, appreciate how you look even more or, or accentuate your natural beauty? 
I think that it's just another tool for you to express yourself however you want. If you want to look like everyone else, if you want to enhance what you already have, if you want to change something that doesn't make you feel good, or if you want to be quote unquote all natural, it's just one more thing that you can do to live your best life. At the end of the day, it's your life. Do you really care if someone else is, you know, discounting your beauty because you got Botox or because you dye your hair? I mean, who cares? Do you watch Real Housewives of Orange County? That is one of my least favorites, okay. honestly. No, no, it's just, it's just because Shannon Bedore, one of the housewives on there in the first episode of this season or one of the episodes said she had to get, she got too much filler in her face and she had to get six vials removed, which all the, like they put six vials of filler in her face for the reunion and they showed a picture of her and she looked like the stave pup marshmallow man. She was just right. all puffy everywhere. And she was like, I did too much. I, I kept asking on the podcast because I don't know anybody. I was like, what person would put six vial like what what doctor or whoever does this would even do that in the first place like it just seems like extreme and then it obviously looks bad you go to somebody that you're like you have to assure me this looks good what happens in those situations are people just want money um it's really hard to say because sometimes it's that the patient doesn't understand what they're asking for so for example shannon is a little bit older she does have some skin laxity issues you can put more volume in your face, but if your skin is, you know, a little droopy, ultimately you need a facelift. Even if it's a mini, if it's a partial, whatever, you need a facelift. If she's trying to fill that like saggy skin with volume, she's going to be overfilled. So she might've looked at it like, I either want to fill this or I have to get a facelift and I don't, I'm not ready for a facelift. And she chose that. <laughs> yes, the provider probably should have said, hey, like yeah. you're, you need probably a facelift or a facelift and filler, but. I mean, if you have to get it removed because so many people are talking about it, that's not a good sign, you know, like that's bad. True. Uh, and then another thing that people don't realize is that um, fillers, they are hydrophilic. That means they love water. They hold on to water. So if you're dehydrated, if you're drinking alcohol, especially to excess, and I don't know if Shannon's still drinking. Yeah, she, yeah, before, yeah, she is. She is. It's so. going to hold, it's going to hold all that moisture in your face and it's going to be. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, uh, okay. So that's, that's actually already great information. Uh, and by, by the way, the audience knows I jump around a lot. So uh, forgive me if I, I'm just so excited to talk about somebody that I actually like jumping has around. Facts. I'm ADD too. So it's yeah. fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so you start the account 40 years ago and then when does it start taking off or are you shocked how much people are fascinated by all of this stuff? I was absolutely shocked. Um, when I first started, it was like January, 2018. I was not posting regularly. I mean, it was like once a week. And then sometime over the summer of 2018, I started posting more regularly. And I went from having 1500 followers to like 15,000 in just a few weeks. And I remember having to turn off my notifications on my phone. because I was like, what is going on? Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. And then from there, it's just do you, I have 225,000 like followers. I mean, 225,000, that's insane. Like, I can't even keep up with my uh, DMs or anything at like 45,000. I can't imagine. What, and by the, I was looking at your account today, and, and we'll get into the Kardashians for a huge section of this. And by the way, you guys, I know sometimes you get annoyed with the Kardashian talk, but you got to pay attention to this family because we deal in pop culture, and they are making these huge pop culture moves. So it's like studying history. You have to, even if you find them vapid and disgusting, you have to study it because it's going to ripple effect 
respect down to every other celebrity out there, not in terms of just face work, but also just in these kind of PR moves they make. So to me, as a student of pop culture, I find this extremely fascinating. And so even if you hate them, I hope you can find some, you know, gold in here because it really is something that should be studied uh, even when you're grossed out by them. But I noticed you even got, you even got a comment today where like, I don't like when you cover the Kardashian. Please don't turn this into a Kardashian account. And I get that too. when I talk about them too much on the podcast, but it's, you know, in this day and age that we're born into, that's unfortunately or fortunately, however you view it, the family that is making the most moves in terms of all of it, you know? First of all, you missed the best part of that. And it was, it's sickening. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> that is a really intense emotion to feel oh, about. Oh my God. Oh. And I didn't even post about the Kardashians. It was about Julia Fox. Yes, it is Kardashian adjacent for sure. But listen, we're talking about Kanye and this crazy, and I called it a fever dream relationship with oh, yeah. Julia Fox. Oh, I mean, we'll definitely get to the Julia Fox thing because you broke it down so beautifully in a really informative way where I just sit and scream like, what the hell is going on? But uh, it was so great on Instagram. I I do this thing called uh, FBI Facetune Bureau of Investigation because sometimes, you know, I started this a couple of years ago and then I kind of felt bad because it was always Chloe because Chloe was doing the wildest stuff to her face tuning, you know, just like they are. It was like somebody's like Michelangelo for the Kardashians or just Chloe. And they're like, look what I did to your face this time. And then somehow she approves it. And I find it ridiculous because, you know, I have an 11 year old niece and she is not allowed to use Instagram yet. But when she does, you know, that's the kind of crap people compare themselves to. And it's not even real, you know? Right. I have a lot of moms who say that they specifically sit down with their children, boys and girls and like show them my page. And I'm like, I love that. Please yeah. do some more. <laughs> I mean, it's, well, it's, I, I just want people to realize how manufactured it can be. And, and it's really good work, but it's really good work in the terms of a digital art, you know, like it's, <laughs> it's like whoever's doing these are like really doing great work on Chloe's pictures, but it's, and Chloe, by the way, has so much to be proud of just in the terms of her working out her getting her body in shape, like that stuff that she did. And the other stuff is like, wow, can't you just be proud of this other amazing thing that you accomplished with your body? Right. It's also really hard, though, because it's like a couch 22. They put themselves out for our consumption. And then when we we get we give yeah. them the feedback and they can get direct feedback. I actually had an interview. This is I think I was talking to New York Post about this and they were like, you know, do we feel like it's worse now? And I said, well, this is one of the few times in history that celebrities have been able to get direct feedback from their fans or their non-fans before when they were in magazines. If I said anything about whoever, Angelina Jolie, she didn't hear it or have to see it directly, but now we're commenting on their pictures. We're tagging them in posts. I will post about something and then people will snitch tag and they're like, Oh, I hate that. Ah, yeah, Chloe, yeah. You liar. And I'm like, oh, God, don't do <laughs> well, I mean, do you, I mean, there is this kind of fallacy in that direct feedback because one argument is, well, they're not listening to it. Like they're not listening to direct feedback of like, what are you doing? But then I also notice, and it's usually the blue check mark accounts, like all the celebrities, like you go girl, fierce look. And it's like, yo, you're not helping her say, this isn't you girl. Like I, you're beautiful on the inside already, girl, like, you know, or amazing clothing, but like th- these people encouraging it are like the most, it's like this weird, uh, you know, they're, they're just kind of, 
you're just echoing in an echo chamber of like compliments where you're never going to see the regular people like me going like, whoa, this is way too far this time, you know? <laughs> right. But at the same time, we're still voting with our dollars for them to post things like that. So studies show that when there's more pictures of their face, more pictures of their body that they're posting, you know, looking exceptionally beautiful, even if we know it's face tuned, we will know it's face tuned. We will still click on the link and buy the products. You know what so I mean? Wild. I mean that's, it's so it's like, and you're right. They do do insane research on this stuff. It does work. But I, I mean, at one point, like you, if you think of like the fall of the Roman empire, which I compare the Kardashians to the Roman empire, <laughs> even Rome, like even Rome fell at one point. And it's like, where does this go from here? If we're here right now and we've saw this family from the first season of keeping up with the Kardashians to now, and just the insanity going from selling tummy tea to be on the covers of Vogue, like, where does it go from here? Like, I mean, like, will we see Kim as a president of the United States one day? Like, I don't know anymore. Like I, like what I predicted is everything is so far beyond what I ever thought it could be as a kid studying this stuff. that I'm like, I don't know where this goes, you know? I don't either. And if I did, I would invest accordingly and be very rich myself. So I well, I mean, I but you are you. on the forefront of like, I mean, so uh, the account goes huge. What makes you decide to do the Serial Fillers podcast? Which, by the way, you can go subscribe right now on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. There's six episodes out and uh, it's it's really good. It's really informative. You guys, you're going to want to listen to it because it's kind of that nice addendum to everything. Like if you want actually straight factual information about relationships and things of that nature, I mean, it's really good for that. But like, why do the podcast? Because I wanted something long form and informative. One of the things that my account does best is information. And I can be a little bit snarky without being too snarky. Yeah, you do really, you're <laughs> able to really like kind of be, you really skirt that line where I go full snark. You, you're able to like really kind of <laughs> be journalistic almost. Thank you. I try, but it's mainly because I also work with a lot of med spas and plastic surgery clinics and Unfortunately, I still have to try to be a little bit professional. Not to say that being snarky isn't. It's that I, when I have been more snarky, more sassy, I've had clients want to pull out. They're like, oh, we don't want to be like associated with someone who hates the Kardashians when, you know, especially here in Houston, they come here for a lot of body work. And I'm like, I get it. I get it. I'm not. Wait, the Kardashians travel. Wait, the Kardashians travel to Houston to do body work? Dr. Jung, Dr. Jung is like one of the best BBL doctors in the country. Well, he's having a he's having a rough he's having a rough year because BBLs are supposedly out right now, right? They're not really out; they're just less dramatic. People are still having them, but they're just instead of asses this big, it's more you know (laughs) a little bit more proportional. And we've become jaded with our idea of what is natural looking. I posted Chloe how she has reduced her BBL to like a more normal looking size. People are like, she looks so natural. And I'm like, no, she doesn't. She still doesn't look natural. It is still too big for her body. But we were so (laughs) used to this like horse size butt. (laughs) And so now like we've come down, we're like, oh, it's natural. No. mm -mm. Well, they made us believe that the Kardashians had this gene for huge asses. And it was, but it was like ridiculous because it would just be like, that's insane. Like, and just to explain to the folks, I know all the ladies probably know what this like. So it's taking fat from other parts of your body and putting it in to make a and huge in, butt. Injecting it wherever you want. 
you can, you can even do it um, like your boobs. You can get a breast augmentation with that transfer. You can transfer it to your face instead of filler, which is great because it doesn't um, hold water like fillers do. So you can really transfer fat anywhere that you want fat. Now, of course, what's popular with the BBL is your butt and your hips. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I, it's just another thing where the first, because I, I, I grew up in a time where we used to, and kids out there listening, we used to consider Jennifer Lopez having a large butt. Like that, she was like back in the day when Jennifer Lopez first came on the scene, everybody was like, what a huge ass. And, uh, and she got made fun of almost for her alley or like, wow. And then the Kardashians came and now the Kardashians get all the attention for their butts when it was like J-Lo was the originator of the big butt. And now J-Lo's butt seems relatively small compared to what the Kardashians did. It was like really butts on steroids. Yeah. Right? Like I was when, like, you, when you look at the picture of her in the green dress, the iconic green dress, and everyone was talking about her butt yes. and I looked at it, I was like, oh, but this happened to me recently too with um, all the fat celebrities. I remember, remember being told, um, oh my gosh, what's her name? I've never been kissed. Drew Barrymore, Drew Barrymore, like Drew Barrymore's fat and, she, and Charlie's angels. She was the fat one. And or just um, Jessica Simpson saying like, Jessica she Simpson fat- was, yeah, yeah. That she was so fat and all like all of these celebrities. And I remember thinking, Oh God, they're so fat. And I'm like 12, right? 13. And to the point where as an adult, I'm 32 now, I remember thinking like, Oh yeah, there used to be some like, you know, bigger celebrities. And then I watched Charlie's angels and I was like, I cannot believe they told me that was fat. And I believe them. I mean, it, it really is wild. And the perception of media and it's just gotten like so much bigger because of social media, but like, it is funny when we all get collectively like not brainwashed, but like we are, we are fooled into thinking like, this is that, or this, or like, or like that. I even at one point goes, well, I guess the Kardashians have a big ass gene in their family. Like, I don't even <laughs> know about, be- I just accepted that like Kim could put a champagne bottle on her ass, you know? Right. Like, like I was like, but what then like in your, like, do you ever theorize, especially with the Kardashians, but it spills out to all celebrities. Like, did they sit down this year and go, guys, I have an idea. Let's start dissolving our BBLs. Let's go for a more, like who is our people are med spas, like pitching them of like, what I'd like to do is take a little ass away from you guys. And I think like, <laughs> where do you think these ideas come from to change? And then the whole family changes. I think that they were on a really strong fitness journey. Both Chloe and um, Kim are the skinniest, smallest that they've ever been, even smaller Kim than she was in her twenties. Chloe was always a little bit bigger in her twenties. So they're both the smallest they've ever been and their butts looked ridiculous. And they were editing their pictures to make their butts look more proportional. And so I feel like what they do is that they're, they're very critical of themselves. They're very critical of their bodies and they're trying to edit these things. And they're like, you know what? I can just go and get some of it taken out so that I can be closer to what I'm trying to edit my pictures. And it's just one of those things like they've had, like, I don't know how many rounds Kim has had at this point, but she has had a giant butt for almost a decade. And so at some point you just get tired of it. It's kind of like, okay, I've had bangs for 10 years. Like I'm ready for a change type thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they're on some schedule too, is where they like, uh, 
they, you know, they're like, Chloe, this is the month for you to disappear and get your work done. Uh, Kendall, we're going to need you to step it up this month. Like I wish, but I wish they would, we were all on the same page and they just take like a summer off every year. They can't post, they can't do anything, then get their work. And then in like September, they can make a debut of whatever the surgery they did, but like give us like three months off a year without any Kardashians. And I really think that would like help their brand so much more in the end, because eventually I just wonder where the burnout will happen. Like if you study celebrity, like we're going to have to hear about Chloe being beautiful for the rest of our lives of like, you go girl, fierce look into like her sixties. I mean, I think at some point they're going to start putting pressure on their daughters. And so they're going to like, live there's a next generation. we have another generation. Yeah. <laughs> All about the same age too. So. I just got really scared. That's insane. <laughs> like, well, and I don't like, I really honestly don't know this. Is there, is it, is it illegal? What is the age like that you can actually start getting work done? Is there a law about this or like you can't get work until you're 18? Um, different states might have different laws. But for example, there are standards of practice and medical procedures. For example, if you're getting a nose job, you can get it technically as young as 14 because your nose is done growing with puberty at about 13, 14. So you'll see some celebs have had it done 14, 15, like rumored, allegedly. Um, Angelina Jolie had hers done when she was about 15 years old. Um, so that obviously you have to have your parents' permission. And I mean, what 14-year-old or 15-year-old has money? When it comes to like breasts and things like that, it's typically at least 16. Most doctors won't touch you before 18. So there are there are suggested guidelines and each doctor or clinic will kind of have like a, we do not, see anyone under 18. I've worked with clinics that are like, we'll do lip fillers and, you know, dermal fillers on someone as young as 16, but we're not doing any, um, like any serious surgeries until after 18, that sort of thing. But 18 is usually the, the line for most things, except for nose jobs and maybe fillers. Wow. Um, in your opinion, what is some of the best work out there in terms of celebrities doing things to themselves? And what are some of the most egregious, like, oh my gosh, that, that might be allegedly a step too far in your opinion. So my rule of thumb is enhancing or tweaking your natural foundation. So if you're just taking a little bit of a bump off of your nose and turning the tip up a little bit or making it a little bit smaller, or you just want to lift your eyebrows just a little bit. You're just enhancing or tweaking what you already have. When you totally change your entire, like you have like my nose and you go to a teeny tiny little Barbie flipped up nose, it's always going to look weird. So that's my rule of thumb of whatever. And so a really great example using the Kardashians is Kendall versus Kylie. Kendall has had a ton of work done. She's maybe not as much as Kylie, but she's had everything on her face and a lot of her body touched on, but she's tweaked it like just a little bit thinner bridge of her nose. Her eyebrows a little bit lifted this, you know, just little things here or there versus Kylie's like, I want a whole new jawline. I want an entirely different like eye area. I want a totally different body. And so when you compare them Without any of the filters, any of the things, Kylie tends to look puffier. She doesn't have as great of angles because it's just not natural to her foundation. But I can think of other celebrities if you want me to not talk about the Kardashians. No, no. I mean, just anything in your like head that pops out of like, well, that was like a really, that was really nice work. And then what are celebrities that actually have had not great work done? 
Um, let me try to think of anyone off the top of my head. It's kind of hard because when you see it, you're like, oh, that look. Yeah, like it's one of those, and we're so kind of trained to like really, I mean, uh, wh- what shows do you watch, by the way? Like, what are you, are you into? You said you don't watch OC. Do you watch any of the other Housewives? Or oh, I like love, that? I'm obsessed with Housewives. So, I mean, New York is my favorite. Obsessed with Potomac. Well, okay. Well, think about the New York ladies, though. I mean, Sonia seems like she gets like a fresh facelift every year. I mean, like she, but it, but it, I, I can't. Like it looks like Sonia. It looks like a different version of Sonia. Like Luann looks very fresh faced every year now. Like actually, Luann especially feels like she's growing in reverse, you know, or like she's okay. really getting better. Let's actually talk about that. I will give you Beverly Hills, New York, yeah. and Miami as examples. So, and this is obviously very generalized, but it's kind of like fashion. So New York fashion is a little bit different than Miami, a little bit different than um, Beverly Hills. In New York, things are a little bit more conservative in terms of what they're looking for. They don't tend to want like bigger lips. They want to look sleek, thin, um, and kind of ageless. So you're talking about Sonia. She had an incredible facelift by Dr. Giacono. She actually talked about it. Yeah. Um, she posted about it. Amazing, amazing ponytail facelift. I believe a ponytail facelift. Um, Luann. Luann has always been stunningly gorgeous, but how is she more beautiful now than 20 years ago? I mean, good for her. <laughs> I, can't, I hope I have the money to do that one day. But if you see, it's just um, you know, a little bit of like lifting here or there, just a little bit of like tightening of the skin. She doesn't have these giant lips or anything like that. If you go to Beverly Hills, it's a little bit more of the bigger boobs, the bigger lips. If you think about like Erica Jane, if you think about Dorit, it's, um, more of an LA lifestyle, but it's still not as insane as Miami. Miami is like <laughs> Lisa Hoxine. Well, yeah, what wide. can I do? <laughs> can I put more in my lips, more in my face? I want to look extra contoured. I want to look extra curvy in my body, in my face, in everything. And it really, I mean, it shows in their body. It shows in their hair. It shows in their faces. It's like, this, I mean, when you get this kind of much, this much work done, does your, I'm serious. Does your face start hurting after a while? Like, do you, uh, are you carrying around X? Like, does it physically feel different when you put all of this stuff in your face? Like if you're like, I mean, like, I just always feel like people are carrying around like cement bricks in their face eventually, you know? Well, so actually fillers are hyaluronic acid, which is something that is already found in your skin. And well, that sounds nice acid. That sounds- <laughs> um, it's, it feels like a gel. So when it's put in immediately, there is some swelling. It does feel tender, whatever. But after a couple of weeks, it feels like your face. I mean, if you are a provider, you can probably like, I have some filler in my chin right now. You can maybe feel it, but otherwise it feels like my chin to any, if anyone touched my chin, it would feel like my chin. I don't feel anything. It doesn't feel like there's anything like extraneous on my face. It's just my face. Wait, do you watch Vanderpump Rules, right? Or you have? Yes. Stassi, like Stassi got a whole new chin when she was younger than when she's older. But that was like, is that it? That's a chin implant. That's not. You got a chin implant. Yeah. So it's a piece like a, just a prosthetic piece that they put. She can actually move it. It looks it's oh. almost like a helmet strap. You can move it. Yeah. Is it bulletproof? Like, that'd be cool if it was also like a superhero power. Like, you know, like you could. Uh, no idea. I don't know okay. if you want to try it. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I just, I just like, what a way to, that'd be cool. You could like bulletproof chin. Um, so, uh, that, God, this is just fascinating. So, in your, 
is there any celebrity out there right now that you're like, that person is just beautiful. I don't think they've had any work done and they're just really gorgeous. Like, is there anybody, is anybody left in celebrity culture that has done nothing you think? Um, I'm not sure <laughs> because some of them might've done it when they were younger and then they maybe stopped. Um, but if you think about it, it is their job, right? It's their job to look a certain way. They even have built into a lot of their filming schedules. Like if they're a, like a movie or a, a TV star, like to work out and even have their body a certain way. And so, and there's like that pressure to be really beautiful and especially for women in the industry to always look young because otherwise they might have to start playing the mom at 37 because she has wrinkles or something, right? Oh, Dana, I get it. As a male podcaster, <laughs> I always got to keep up on the trends. I've got to be a young, beautiful male podcaster. I get it. Um, so, and there's nothing wrong with it. And there are some people who do really good, tasteful work. Like they're just trying to maintain their appearances. So a really great example is Jennifer Aniston. She has had a nose job. She definitely does lasers, laser um, facials and things to help with her skin tightening. And she does some Botox, but she doesn't do so much that she's frozen. She probably does a touch of filler in her lips, a touch of filler, because as we age, we lose volume, but she's not doing it to change her features. She's just restoring her features to what she looks like in her thirties. So now that she's in her 50, it's like, is she 35, 45, 55? We don't know because she's keeping the same face for 20 years. Well, and whereas, maybe she's had a mini lift. I don't know. I, you know, I can't know that, but I do know that she's just doing those tiny things to maintain her face. Whereas Courtney Cox went on record saying she did too much. Like, mm -hmm. you know, she had to get a lot of things. I remember I did a game show with her and David Arquette. I forgot what it was called that they produced. And Courtney Cox was my partner. And I did bad in the round because I just like was looking at her face the whole time and going, you look so different than the person you were on Friends. Mm -hmm. And I remember in my head just going like, what did this person do to their face? Like, she's so beautiful. And she even said she had went too far in plastic surgery, which I was just like, wow, that's just amazing to realize that you've gone too far, you know, with your face. Right. And there's something that people don't, I don't know if it's that they're not in the industry or maybe they just don't have the eye for it. But sometimes if you're trying to make something super, absolutely perfect, what you do is you ruin the whole natural feel to your face. For example, um, it's normal to have some sort of depression under your eyes. Yeah. Now, if it's really depressed, if it's super, like there's a hollowness, you could go in there with some, you know, filler or something and get it to where you still have this line. But then some people are so obsessed that there is a line at all. They fill it until it's smooth and they're like, my under eyes are smooth, but no one's under eyes are smooth. Babies under eyes are not smooth. They have a line. And so now you go from that. You went beyond what human proportion, <laughs> human anatomy looks like. Right. And, and then it, it, we perceive it as off or alien. Right. Yeah. And so it's really important to look at the whole face or the whole body or, you know, all of you big picture, instead of worrying about one little line or, or one little feature yeah. because it might mess up the balance of everything. I like the thought of thinking of it like space ex exploration. You're like a, you're <laughs> instead of space exploring, you're a face exploration. Like it's space exploring. <laughs> like, you know, I'm just, I'm just trying everything to see the boundaries. I can test, test the limits. But like, I even the wildest thing you guys, and you, of course, ladies 
understand this is that it really is one of the weirdest experiences to watch yourself get older. Like I even noticed like this last week, I was like, wow, I'm starting to get these kind of depressions under my eyes where I'm like, I got sleep. What the hell are these? Like I, and then you're like, oh my God, I'm getting older. Like it is (laughs) such a freaky experience. And I got really scared this week. I was like, oh fuck, it's all, it's all gone. It's all downhill from here. Like and it possibly is, but that's we're also trained to think that way because we see so many standards of beauty out there now because right. of IG and all of that stuff. And it's the same for men. Men just go a little bit more conservative because they are allowed to age more. But we're um, I'm more att- kind of- I'm considered more attractive now than I ever was in high school. <laughs> like I was considered like, you know, like it's usually helping me. What is the um the old like commercial? I'm I'm telling my age, even though I already told you guys I'm 32. Um, I remember it was always on about the barely gray or something. It was like the hair. Oh, just dye. for men. Just for men. Just, the just for men. And it doesn't dye your hair totally. It leaves some grays, right? Like it, it dyes a lot of your grays, but leaves some of the grays. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's how men do their their um procedures. For example, allegedly, George Clooney gets Botox. He used to have really deep lines in his forehead. Now he gets just enough Botox that it's, you know, less severe. He is not like all growly anymore, but he still has lines. And it makes me think of that commercial where it's like, keep some of your grays. Well, look, oh, I mean, less, but not a lot of grays. My beard is becoming fully white. And I have like a, um, my mom got me doing this where it was like this uh, hairspray fill in, but I think it's like, I don't know what company does it. It's like a blue bottle or whatever. And I'll sometimes brush it in when I'm like, it's like getting started to get jet white in my beard. And, but even then I'm like, I can't keep doing this. Like, I can't, I mean, like, I, I don't want to do this every morning. I'm just going to have to like, accept that I have a, a, a white beard for some of it, but it is, it's just another weird thing. And also going back to Jennifer Aniston. Now I'm just so fascinated. She's another one that got a, you know, a nose job before friends and it changed her trajectory of her career. She would not have gotten friends and been the it girl like she was back in the day with uh, her character, if not for that nose job. Like it really did pay off dividends. Absolutely. But a lot of it does end up with, it goes down to a little bit of racism. Now, if she were how she looked before she was on Friends. Now we have a lot more lead characters that look a little bit more foreign or are foreign or are, you know, a person of color. When she was coming up in that 90s, 2000s, it was the blonde, blue-eyed, you know, white girl that was always like the it girl, the main girl. And she is of Greek heritage. I believe her last yeah. name is like Anastopoulos or something. Yeah, yeah, her dad was, And she was, had a yeah. very Greek nose. She had a very hooked you know, large, I mean, it was beautiful. It's very ethnic nose and she got rid of that. And now she looks like the beautiful, you know, rich Rachel green versus she would have, you know, maybe had to play. I'm not even sure, you know, I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's what I, I mean, like, honestly, that's what I, cause I'm not, I don't have like huge opinions on whether this stuff is good or bad. I think when it comes to the Kardashians, it gets a little extreme for me, but you know, I wish there was somebody that was just like, you could trust and be like, yo, Ryan, if I could change this two things about you, I could have, you could have a whole different life. You know, like, like it is interesting that somebody could potentially create face magic with you, you know, or right. butt magic about a BBL, <laughs> which aren't BBLs also dangerous? Um, they, that's a common misconception. If you are not going to a board certified surgeon, or if you go to someone who doesn't do proper technique, it is a lot more dangerous. It's one in 3000. And that is 
one of the risks that you take when you go on these like medical tourist things, like I'm going to go to Mexico and get it for only $500. There's a reason why you're paying $500, baby. You know, it's <laughs> you're here in the back of some clinic with who knows who's doing it. Um, or if a surgeon says he does 10 a day and it's like most good surgeons can only do two or three a day. So if he's doing 10, he's not doing 10. It takes three hours to do that's 30 hours in a day. He has a tech doing it. That's terrifying. Um, when you go to the proper avenues, like the, the right people and do it correctly, it is a one in 15,000 mortality rate, which is similar to tummy tuck. It's close to uh, breast enlargement or augmentation. So it's still risky. Any surgery and anything that you're going under with anesthesia has a risk, but it is a more manageable risk that is reflective in a lot of other surgeries too. Didn't Kanye West, didn't Kanye West mom Donda actually die from a, uh, a plastic surgery operation? I believe so. Um, I, I don't know that much about it, honestly. Yeah, I, no, I just, that just came not up a in my fan head. Of Kanye. <laughs> Wait, what are you talking about? You don't think her, him and Julia Fox are a great couple? I'm, I'm joking. I'm, jo- I'm joking. No, 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 no. So this gives me, so, oh my gosh, Julia Fox gives me single white female vibes. Why? Because of she's talked about how obsessed she is with Kim and okay. In my podcast, I talked about, there are so many instances where she is, she has some sort of connection or, or point of contact with Kim throughout her years for, she's been a fan since 2007, a diehard fan. Yeah. She says this on her podcast that you talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Said she's never missed an episode. And then two weeks later is dating her idols ex that's just weird to me. That's really weird. It's really weird. But it, what's weirder to me is that they're just now passing it off, uh, off. Like we should accept it. Like the vibes are right. You guys, like, it's not like, no, it's just, this is energy. It's love. It's like, and it's like, well, no, it's also perception. I was going back today after I had listened to your podcast and I was looking at uh, uh, other Kanye's girlfriends and I was remembered the Amber Rose period, you know, cause by the way, like Kim was like middle of the road in terms of not just taste, but like, you know, we never thought of Kim as a great artist, you know, we never thought of, but Amber Rose, you could like kind of skirted that line of like uh, not performance art, but like artsy in a way. And I think Julia right. Fox, of course, you know, she's very artistic. Yeah, I mean, your your uh, deep dive on her was really fascinating. I learned so much about her from it. But I I was like, this is this is different than Kim. This is like, you know, it's it's somebody that's been influenced by Kim, but also somebody that wants to pass themselves off as an artist. And I don't know. I don't I don't I've not read her poems. You as you said, she is, uh, you know, self-published uh uh, she had had so many poems published by the time she was 18. Uh, yeah. But also she, uh, was it uh, bipolar or what was, what, what was she diagnosed with? She, she said she was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. Ah, it's my favorite part of the show when we get to talk about our advertiser. This week, So Bad It's Good is sponsored by our friends at Green Chef. Green Chef is new to us and I am so excited they are a sponsor this week. Green Chef, what it is, it's a CCOF certified meal kit company. Now, Green Chef makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. Whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking to eat more balanced meals, or just looking to eat good food, Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. So it has fresh produce, premium proteins, organic ingredients that you can trust. Green Chef is now the number one meal kit for eating well. 
Green Chef offers 35 nutritious and flavorful options to choose from every week, featuring premium clean ingredients that are seasonally sourced for peak freshness. Green Chef's always changing variety of easy-to-follow recipes as well, and that means there is something new to discover each week so you never get bored. Green Chef makes cooking easy so you can spend less time stressing and more time enjoying delicious home-cooked meals. Green Chef's pre-made and pre-measured sauces, dressings, and spices get you more chef-curated flavor in less time. So avoid the long lines at the grocery store because Green Chef is so convenient with pre-portioned, easy-to-follow recipes that are delivered right to your door. Uh, And especially in this day and age, it's amazing that you can get food delivered right to your door. You literally do not have to go out or leave the comfort of your own home. And you may be asking, Ryan, what kind of of things does uh, Home Chef offer? And I will tell you what I got. Uh, I got the Skinny Taste Peruvian-inspired steak. Yes, the chicken breast and garlic demi sauce. Uh, it has cheesy bacon, mashed potatoes, and roasted vegetables. Really good. And this I love the ahi tuna with lemon garlic butter, and it came with green beans, and you had roasted uh, uh, rosemary red potatoes, and I loved it. And you guys know me, I'm kind of a doofus. This stuff is easy for me to do. Uh, so I want you guys to try it out for yourself. Go to greenchef.com slash so bad 130. And use the code SOBAD130 to get $130 off, plus free shipping. Dang, that's that's pretty good. That's greenchef.com slash SOBAD130, and use code SOBAD130 to get $130 off, plus free shipping. Come on, let's get two, let's get two people to do this. That'll be amazing. Mom, if you're listening, let's do this. Dad would love this. Um... That's actually really cool. Also, remember, with anything I promote on the show, it'll also be in my show description where you can go uh, and and check there as well. And you can always go back to uh, earlier episodes to see if, uh, you know, if you've forgotten a code or something. That's it, you guys. And now back to the show. After I posted that, someone that knew her said she also was diagnosed or she has said, I obviously I don't have her medical records. She also has bipolar. So if she has BPD, and bipolar, that is a lot of a combination. And then have that with Kanye's bipolar, that is... Well, that's... And, and, and like, I, I really am a big advocate for mental health in this country. And, and my set, you know, like, I really try to really encourage people to uh, treat themselves with professionals and stuff like that. And I'm not ever going to speak disparaging about that, but I do know it is got to be wild in the sense of you know two people together with that living such an extreme lifestyle where there mm-hmm. doesn't seem to be a lot of um you know like us normies we actually have a foundation where sometimes we'll just have tv nights in and like binge some shows with some takeout like it doesn't seem like it's that with kanye like it's always like this huge spectacle production they're going watching zola on a you know downtown big screen and they're going to slave play and then carbone and it just seems like way you're i'm exhausted reading about it that's what i said i was like i feel like i'm on this like drug-induced roller coaster with them and i think and- she wants us to think it's like this romantic thing and i guess maybe to a younger set it might be but to me all all i see is i'm I'm exhausted you know i see red flags i said it feels like they've been together for months and so when i think about that their first date was new year's eve or new year's day and we are now january 17 i'm it feels like years it feels like years i feel like i've lived with them now for years right and 
I, but then just like the, the K it's just so chaotic, even in terms of how, like, we're so used to Kanye at this point being chaotic. We're so used to, but like, there's the times where I even get worried for Kanye. Like I was worried when he was searching around for Chicago's uh, Shai's birthday party this, this Saturday when he's like, went I was like, Oh shit. Like this is going to blow up bad. And luckily it turned out good. He got the address from Travis Scott, but I shouldn't have to be worrying about this. Like, I mean, like the fact that he, they're all including us in this. It's like, Sometimes it's cool. Like sometimes like it's fun at first or like, oh, Pete's holding Kim's hand on a roller coaster. That's exciting. But then I don't want to know every like like Julia Fox is now doing weekly interviews with interview called like the Fox Report or something. Fox News. Fox News. And I just (laughs) I'm like, yo. Also, you know what's cool? Keeping some of it private. Like, you know, like, try that. Like, let's see if I'm it works. I'm so dead. I'm so dead because she called up Interview Magazine and said, hey, so I'm just going to tell you, like, every single thing that we do, every single thing that I wear, all of these things. And you guys are going to publish it, okay? And they're like, you're insane. And I don't know if she knew that they were going to publish that part of the interview or if she thought that it would start after that. And I was like, was it shady that they literally posted? She called us up and is telling us, She's going to tell us everything and she wants it posted. I mean, attention. But you know, and it's also, you can always fall back on the excuse of my life is performance art. And I think people have this misconception of performance art. We're like, you know, my best friend is a performance artist that studied like the Art Institute of Chicago. And I've seen some really amazing performance art in my day. And it's usually never carried over to like my life is performance art. Like it's almost disparaging to actual performance artists, what these people are doing and calling it art. No offense, art is in the eye of the beholder, but it just seems like, I don't know, they're trying to weave celebrity culture with art. And I think sometimes it's like a double negative because it cancels each other out. Um, Agreed. And also, I think then you get like there. I can't tell if this is just me because I'm old and jaded now. Like, but it's like there's an annoyance factor that comes with this where I just get annoyed, like like Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox. I get so annoyed so quickly now because I'm like, yo, I see what this is and what you're doing and or what you're trying to do. And it's kind of- You're like off. Angelina Jolie and Billy Bob Thornton yeah. did it better. <laughs> well, kind of, I mean, but like, or even like, you know, Megan, Megan Fox and uh, Machine Gun Kelly. I was alive with Pam Anderson and Tommy Lee. You know, I right, was around for right. the sex tape. I was around, like, there are these things and it's like always pop culture repeats itself, but now it's on steroids because there's so many more screens to consume it with. Like, we didn't right. have a cell phone attached to us. So we got our news from Us Weekly or Perez Hilton or one of these other kind of three gossip sites there were at the time. Right. And it's just funny to see where this is gone. But in terms of Julia Fox, you made this other interesting point where she, was coming out against her baby daddy over the holidays. And I mean, that's, and she has a beautiful baby, beautiful chubby cheek baby. But like, also you kind of made the point, like the baby is now with the deadbeat dad that she was saying was a deadbeat dad, which over the weekend she came out and apologized for saying that I think on her podcast, but now cause the, the baby's with the dad. So she can gallivant with Kanye. For three weeks, the baby has been with the dad for three weeks. And, it and this was is somebody she was ripping on. Like she was ripping on him over Christmas. Right. She said, alcoholic, drug addicted, deadbeat dad. That's yeah. a direct quote. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, uh, and also there is this like, uh, I say art in the terms of New York art scene where, you know, you have these kind of artistic celebrities like uh, the Cat Marnell or she even she even modeled, you said, for Married to the Mob, Leah McSweeney's streetwear yeah, company. So Leah McSweeney was her sponsor, was one of her sponsors. And she Wait, is, what do you mean sponsors? Like, 
Oh, so Julia Fox went on. Well, she's gone through rehab at least one time. She struggled with drug addiction for a while. And out of high school, her sponsor was Leah McSweeney. And that's why in 2013, she did model for Leah. Um, I wish I could tell you more about that. Wait, why (laughs) can't you tell me more about it? Um, I love Leah. We talk all the time. So I, I, I've started, Leah recently followed me and we've DM'd a couple times about things. And uh, yeah, she's very cool. She's very opinionated. And, uh, you know, uh, but that's fascinating. So I didn't realize Leah was in AA before she was drinking on the first season of Roni. I thought that was just like recently, but she said she was a sponsor for Julia yes. Fox back in the day. Yeah, she wow. was. And I confirmed it with her. I I was saying, Hey, you know, in my digging, I found that you were her sponsor. I want to confirm that that's true. And are you okay with me saying that? And she said she wouldn't have been okay with it if Julia Fox hadn't said it at some point, but Julia Fox on her podcast had mentioned that Leah, which I don't know. I didn't listen to that podcast. (laughs) Um, Julia Fox did mention that Leah was her sponsor I believe she had another sponsor for Narcotics Anonymous, and this was for AA, I believe. Yeah. Don't, I don't know for sure. Yeah. But Leah said, yeah, you can definitely say it because it's true. And she did say it on her own podcast. That was her um, sponsor. And then Kat Marnell is one of Leah's friends, and she was, she is Julia's friend. They're yeah, she, friends. She, they do yeah, she went hard uh, for Julia Fox on Twitter uh, two weeks ago and kind of making fun of Kardashian. I mean, uh, but saying like they did their thing, but they can't like, you know, they can't use every publication and be for them. They can't choose what information gets out. That's unfair. And she was really standing up for Julia Fox about how amazing Julia Fox is. But it's Kat Marnell. I love Kat Marnell. I've read her book, but Kat Marnell is a very chaotic figure as well. Right. And then Azalea Banks, who is also in that oh, yes. group, friends. Yes, that's in that group too. Which, by I the way, where's Azalea? I didn't want to mention that in the podcast. So I was like, I am not touching well, that where, beehive. Where's Azalea Banks in Real Housewives of New York? Like, why do we not get Leah's real? Like, people see it. Like, could you imagine Azalea Banks in a scene with Ramona Singer? No, I think like all of Bravo would burn down and we would yes. have no housewives ever again. <laughs> that's like, I mean, you're right. Like, Azalea Banks is somebody that's like those people that you're like, I hope I like. I just hope you're never aware that I exist because literally it's, it's somebody that could tear, like it's somebody that could destroy me with like three words. Like she knows, she seems like she knows how to destroy people, you know? Right. And at the same time though, she's not really reliable. Exactly. Like, like what exactly. she says. So I like wanted to bring that up because that was public because people told me a lot of things that I, if I said, I think I would have been sued and I'm not usually scared of things, but with this, I was like, you know, she's a, she's a mother and I don't want to mess anything up, but I really wanted to use the Azalea Banks screenshot of her calling Kanye, like that he's going to be a, a drug addict soon because yeah, 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 whatever that they're doing heroin together, which I don't believe that they're doing heroin together, but I wanted to use that. And I was like, no, I'm not going to cheapen all the incredible sources I do have with Azalea. Well, Banks. that's actually fascinating. You say this. So so you really actively go and try to research this yourself and reach out to, it sounds like you reach out to people for information. Like what is your process or what, you know, over the years, what have you now started doing? Because I didn't realize you were going out there and like DMing like Leah and people like that and asking for, for sources. That's fascinating. Thank you. So I don't usually reach out to people um, with Leah. Leah and I have been talking. I told her, I was like, you're my friend now at this point. We're friends. She's like, no, we're totally friends. So I'm still fangirling over that. Um, 
there are some celebrities that literally just have conversations with me over, like if I post something and they're like, this is so interesting, or I know about this or whatever. And they just talk to me like a, like they're a regular person. And I guess they are, but not, yeah. they're, not they're not regular. Um, so at that point I've established like a rapport, maybe like an internet friendship or a real friendship. And I feel comfortable reaching out for other things. I will literally sometimes just ask like, Hey, I heard that there was a screenshot of this and I can't find it. Does anyone have it? And I just have a network of little birdies. <laughs> they just send me things. I have seen pictures that I never want to see ever again. I've heard stories I wish I could unhear, um, but I get a lot of amazing information. And I don't know if you know about my tea times. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because you said you had canceled it this week or something or, or what. I don't know. Out, what I yeah. yeah, what is tea time? I don't know how. No, I do know how it started. Dr. Naomi like asked questions like, you know, tell me something. And then her followers would send in like crazy stories. And it was like, I'm cheating on my husband or things like that. And one day I was bored. It was like in May. And I thought, I'm going to try this. And I got so many responses, some about regular people, mainly about regular people talking about, you know, something awful that they did or something that embarrassed them or whatever. And then I started getting a lot of like celebrity intel. And it was, here's a picture of me with this celebrity. And then he married his wife a week later. <laughs> and I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> and as a, you know, Bravo fan, a reality fan, I was like this, I, I it's just like, I have my own show, like to myself, just yeah. reading all these amazing things. I started posting it and now people beg me to do it every week. And I'm like, it's exhausting. And you guys need to like have a break from it. I need a break from it. It's it really is popular. one of those things when you're in that, um, yeah, like you can get sweat, like, or even we were talking about earlier about like people, like it's disgusting. The Kardashians don't cover them. And it is so fun. Like when I do those FBI's, those face tune bureau of investigation, I like everybody mainly likes it or likes it, but I'm also trying to do it lovingly of like, yo, Meredith Marks doesn't need this. Like she's already a beautiful, like this is to me extreme and it's just not reality. It's like a good, <laughs> it's a good digital picture of somebody, but it's not you, you know, and right. <laughs> I appreciate what the artist, but like, I, I want it to be, I want there to be a stamp on it. I want there to be like a face tune advisory. Like I want people to know that like, yo, we, I know that I did this to my image. I want you to know it, but I still like it. I'm going to put it out there. Right. Um, but there should be like a warning label on some of these things like cigarettes almost. But I somebody last night, this is this is why the Internet's great. Like I'm, I'm winding down by looking at my phone, of course, that's stupid to do. And I get <laughs> uh, I get a comment and I don't really get to read my comments anymore. I try not to or, you know, just the first ones that when I post. But somebody was like, um, how dare you say this about Meredith Marks and Chloe, you used a horrible picture of Chloe and how dare you. And also, honey, I've seen pictures of you. You're not a looker yourself. And I just like, yo, like, first, like, I'm like, you're not going to try to like, I already hate myself more than you would ever try. Like, <laughs> you're not going to be able to damage me. And I'm like, I, 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 but I'm just like, yeah, I think I'm ugly already. I don't care. Like I'm talking about something else, but it's those funny things where, and I got to like, everybody, I guess, has a voice, even though they shouldn't, but do you get a lot of those wild oh, comments too? Absolutely. I, I do. I, I will say my followers and the people who come to my page are typically really nice to me. Sometimes if they're not nice to the celebrity, I'm like, Hey, was that necessary? Did you need to say that? 
But in general, they are smart. They're funny. They keep me laughing in my comments and my messages. But I always get the, you know, she just had a baby. And I'm like, okay, a baby doesn't give you a flatter stomach and a bigger butt. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen a woman who just gave birth, but it's not an even flatter stomach than she's ever had before. That doesn't work. Or whatever. And then I get the, you're just jealous. You're ugly. (laughs) You have procedures and you wish you looked like her. (laughs) <laughs> and then sometimes the celebrities come after me. Oh, <laughs> wait, can you, are you allowed to say any celebrity that's been after Yeah, you? absolutely. If it's true, it's not slander. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Callie Uchis is possibly. Oh yes. You talked about this on one of your podcasts, the singer. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So first of all, we kind of look alike. There are some pictures of her, especially before she had worked on that. We have like kind of similar eyes, kind of similar faces. So it was just, already bizarre because I've been told I look like her. I love her music. I saw her here in Houston. And then she posted that her butt was natural and it's not. And so I posted that she's great. I love her music. I saw her in 2017. She has a totally different body. Here's what she looked like before. Here's what she looked like after. And then a feud started. And then I posted again about Wait, wait, wait. But you say a feud started. I mean, what does that mean? Does that mean she came after you immediately and said it is true? Yes. She first, she came in my messages from her, her real account and said a lot of things. I've posted about it. The second part is more interesting than the first, but she just was like, um, you know, you're jealous. Obviously you wish you were me, like things like that. And I was like, okay, Callie, I said, I love you and that I'm a fan and I, this is what my page does. So I don't know why you're so upset. Then she commented, I'm pretty sure from a fake account, (laughs) she's messaging me. And the reason why I'm pretty positive it was her was that there were entire sentences that were exactly the same as what she was DMing me. And they were really, they were even worse, but a lot of the verbiage was the same. Her, the style, just everything was very similar. I was like, okay, I know who this is. Yeah. At least like try to like sound like a different person. Um, so that was the first time she came out with her jeans line and she said something along the lines of a surgeon can't give you this booty. My jeans can give you this booty. And I was like, oh my God. So now it's not even like working out. Now jeans can like totally change your body. And she went on this like rant in her stories. She's, oh my gosh, I feel like I should just read it to you. She was saying things like, oh, this person that's pushing 40 all up in my business, like just going off and off. And we had like a back and forth over stories. It was actually very entertaining for me. Did she ever, (laughs) did she ever, you say very entertaining. Whenever I upset a celebrity, I get really freaked out and scared and like my stomach hurts, but you're like, it's very entertaining. Like I'm not good at that. I, 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 I get really, I get scared. Like I, like a kid scared where I'm like, I'm about to get grounded or something, you know? Um, I mean, what can she do to me? I gave my opinion. And if she really wanted to prove that it's, you know. So she's not, still not, holding. She, she never admitted, you know what it is, but I just don't like to talk about it. Like, no, you know, absolutely not. No, she absolutely not. She um, like made threats like, you know, where I'm from, like I would walk you like a dog. And I was like, from where, <laughs> Callie? you're from Virginia. Like you're, you were, you're from Virginia. You, like you were born there. You went to high school there. Your high school friends sent me pictures, which is how I have some of these pictures that I use. Oh my God. Her high school friends sent. Oh my God. Yeah. This and is I was like, okay. And she was like, you're just jealous. You're pushing 40. And I was like, I'm at the time I was 31. I was like, I'm 31 and you're 27. We're not like, like, 
12 years apart where this is like crazy. We would have been in high school together. Like, come on. So. And she actually has, she has a talent too, which is funny. Like she can actually sing. It's like, yo, you actually have something that you can fall back. Like, you know, like you have a gift, like, you know, that's the gift. No, this is when I feel a little bit like honored, (laughs) a little (laughs) honored. Um, She had won her Grammy, like her two or three weeks before. I don't know if it's one Grammy or multiple Grammys, but she won at least one Grammy two or three weeks before this. And I was like, you just want a Grammy. Like, don't you have way better things to do than like post about me, but like, thank you. I guess. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. No, it's, uh, I've got to learn to have that, um, uh, that kind of enjoyment level of this. Cause I just like, I'm like, sometimes like, this is not healthy for me to, but at the same time, it's like, this is just my stupid sense of humor. This is not something that like, I've always had this stupid sense of humor. And it's just that I get to, like, I was posting the same shit 10 years ago on Twitter that, when nobody ever cared or knew who I was and I didn't care. And, you know, like, and it's funny right. now that I'm posting the same crap and it's like starting to get recognized or, you know, and I'm like, that's so funny. Like I haven't changed. Like this is the same shit I was posting. It's just that more people now get to see it. It's just <laughs> exactly. So you get some of those people that come in, but I always say, so I'm from Tennessee and I say a hurt dog will holler. So if they're coming for you, if they're saying whatever, yeah. I mean, it's because you push their buttons. So, well, that's, and I, I, as we start uh, wrapping up, we do have a, a one, one more section here with Chloe. If you've got time, you, you uh-huh. good? okay, cool. So uh, the, you did this great episode breaking down the Chloe and Tristan relationship and all of the, the Maris, what's her name? Marisol, uh, Marilee, Marilee, the, Marilee the, Nichols, the most recent girl that Tristan Im, uh, impregnated that we uh, know of, not the final girl, but the most recent, um, is that I, with the Chloe stuff, especially is that I was saying earlier, I get like, Chloe was the one that if I would post about her in a negative light, like, how dare you? She's so hurt and so kind. And so, and you're just trying to destroy her. And it's like, first off, no, I'm not. Second off, the way we give celebrities sympathy when it's like, yo, if her millions of dollars and her like lifestyle cannot protect her and take care of her, like I, I shouldn't like it. It is not on my shoulders. And also the calls coming from inside the house. Go look at Tristan Thompson, who, if we're comparing things, should have hurt her harder than anything any internet thing could have done. Like, And if not, I hope she is in deep, deep therapy because this Tristan Thompson guy, to my, like, I get infuriated because the guy seems just like a monster. <laughs> Allegedly. I, just, I, I don't even know if he's a monster. I think he's just a dumb boy. He's not... He's is he a dumb boy? Like he's ca- by- he's carrying two phones around, the same looking phone. The guy has like an obvious double life and has, and it seems like there are men that get off on the chase and of hiding things and of keeping it secret. And that's where it seems like he is in with this, you know? I'm not even sure if that's it, because if that were it, he is terrible at it. I think he just <laughs> likes variety. I think he's one of those variety type men, you know, like it's new, it's shiny. This vagina might be a little bit different than that last one. I don't know. What's it? What's it like that? Uh, favorite the the was it the three bears or this one's just oh the little this one's just right. He wants it's, to try it all. Yeah. It's weird because it seems like he wants to be in a relationship. If you saw like he was in a very committed relationship with Jordan before he was with Chloe, and now you know Chloe. Wait, jo- I think Jordan, like his, him, his uh, the 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 lady that. He, he has his first enough, child yeah. with. Yeah, he was engaged to her. They were together for a while. Like, I think part of him, and I don't know anything about his home life, and I don't know if he has, like, mother issues. 
part of him wants like that stable relationship, but the other part of him wants to live that playboy lifestyle, right? Like he is a rich athlete who's traveling and has entirely too much access to women. And he's like, you know, do I want this? Do I want that? I don't know. I want both. And you can't really have both unless he finds someone who is okay with having an open relationship, but he doesn't seem mature enough to have that conversation or even have that inclination. Like, Hey, maybe a monogamous relationship isn't for me. And there are women out there who would be in an open relationship with me. And I need to find that person, you know? Yeah. I mean, no, I, I definitely know, but it's, it's fascinating in the sense that he's, you know, he just keeps at it about like making Chloe look like potentially one of the dumbest women that's ever walked this earth. And I know people are out there going like, well, this has happened to me too. This has happened to me too. But it's like, fool me. one. Like we're on like fool me six times right now with Chloe. It's like, okay. Like it keeps happening. And then he's like having to make public apologies. And yet we know they're still in contact with Kanye over the weekend was like, I called Tristan to try to get the birthday party address. <laughs> and he said he had to run it by Chloe. Like I, everything seems very connected still and it just boggles my mind but you did this great breakdown of uh you know all of the relationships but also that chloe potentially you know stole tristan from uh jordan and larsa (laughs) and larsa wait wait what's the larsa connection again so larsa said that she was kind of seeing tristan and this, obviously, he was with Jordan at the time. So he's already cheating on Jordan with Larsa, which tracks with how many women he's cheated on Chloe with. He probably has multiple women at any given time. He was, according to Larsa, she had met Tristan and she was seeing him a little bit. It had been very new, like a couple of weeks. And she brought him to a party around the Kardashians. And she said, then the next thing she knew, a week later, he was hanging out with Chloe. And... Larsa was like, and then I was like, whatever, like, if you don't want me, then that's fine. Like, I'll do me. And this was when Larsa was, you know, living her best life. I mean, she still is, but she was living her best life. She had, you know, just been recently separated from Scotty Pippen. Before I feel like Larsa has a, has a contract with the NBA. Like any new rookie goes through Larsa. It's like a contract contractual thing. I feel like that's the whole premise of like basketball wives. They all know each other and like yeah. the guys know who they can get with. And this person <laughs> is safe. This person won't tell. I don't know. <laughs> I love it. So if that is true, that means Chloe knew he was kind of seeing Larsa knew he was, he, I mean, Jordan was pregnant at the time and still said, this guy who was like at the time, like 27 or 25 or whatever, this is a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 Oh God. And then the Jordan woods thing, which by the way, you played clips of the Jordan woods, but I, you know, that was another really fascinating pop culture moment when that Jordan story broke, because then we're including the, the Pinkett Smiths in it when she goes on red table talk. And it was just like, I was like, this is amazing. We're pulling in other Calabasas families. Like I always think the Kardashians against the Pinkett Smiths in Calabasas and people are like choosing sides, like a civil war, you know, cause like, <laughs> cause uh, Jade, uh, Jaden went with Jordan. Like all like people were like drawing, like, like sides to, to root right. for. It was like a divorce, right? <laughs> it was. Yeah. And, and to this day though, Jordan really got Jordan Woods, not Jordan, like got kind of shafted because she, 
she's the one that paid the ultimate price, not Tristan, because Tristan stayed in almost the good graces of the card, the warmth of the Kardashians embrace where Jordan got like cast aside, which is just wild because I feel like that's in American society. Women are always treated so poorly in so many avenues. And I've talked about that in the podcast. It pisses me off. And I said, the only person beholden to your relationship is the other person in the relationship. Yes, she was a close family friend. So she is a little bit more responsible for, you know, being weary of Chloe's feelings than a random person. That random person doesn't, it doesn't matter to them and it shouldn't, they don't know Chloe. But at the end of the day, Tristan should be the most responsible person because he is the only other person in the relationship with Chloe. And it's not his first rodeo too. So I, I will say, I don't believe Jordan Woods that it was just one kiss. I do not believe that they would have made this like spectacle and really embarrassed themselves over a kiss. But I also am so mad and annoyed that it was like, Jordan Woods, you're canceled forever. But Tristan, come on back 10 more times. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it is. It's just so bizarrely unfair. But the thing is, too, I even think about the Jordan thing, which is this is now what I think about with my time, is that the Jordan <laughs> thing is fascinating because it's like she did get cast off. And I guess she landed on her feet. She's dating another NBA player right now. But I was mm -hmm. just like, it's hysterical that in my head, I was like, she landed on her feet. She's dating another NBA. Like, like that's like a job opportunity. Like, oh, good. She got a job with an NBA player. Like, that's her relationship, but it keeps her in the public eye. But it's so weird that you have to conflate both. And to kind of tie it in with Julia Fox, too, is that we were people and even her friends were treating this Kanye West thing like she got a movie part, like she got this amazing opportunity to date Kanye. And like it's like once again, we're, we're pushing this narrative of a man saving a woman and giving a woman a chance. Like this is the really bizarre, weird version of Pretty Woman, the movie with Kanye and Julia Fox. And I just like, why are we supporting this narrative of a man is making it magical for a woman, you know? Right. I agree with that. But at the same time, because of her notoriety through this Kanye and Kim situation, she is going to have more opportunities. She is going to be looked Dude, at. You're right. People are going to want to capitalize. They're like, Hey, it's free, free advertising. Oh, she's gained hundreds of thousands of new Instagram followers. She's right? up like she's meeting Madonna to potentially play Madonna in the movie that Madonna wrote about her life. Like, right. yes, this puts her everywhere. She's on every networking. It's ultimate networking. Uh, I mean, where do you see yourself going? Like, I mean, like, uh, say like a Kanye comes along for you. Would you use like, I mean, like you're already huge. What do you have in plans for your, like, where do you see things going from here? Honestly, I have no idea. I, I didn't even know that this would happen with my page. And so it's, and it's really hard to navigate because I'm in this place of, I'm always wanting to be like authentic. I, I just don't know. I don't, I don't know where it's going. I, I guess I'm just kind of along for the, the ride. And if I see an opportunity, I will take it, but not an opportunity like, Oh, here's um, a rich married guy. And I guess he's going to get me. No, that's what I'm video. saying. You're doing your, like, I mean, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I just find there's a, uh, it's just so such a weird thing of like, that's potentially of what a certain, uh, certain women think of like, oh, 
what I would, what I really would like for myself is to meet some guy that's like a basketball player <laughs> or a musician and I can like, you know, go around with them. Like that's just a wild oh, no. career opportunity. If I could choose, I would be Chris Jenner. Like that, if I could be anyone, it would be Chris Jenner. I, I would want to be like, Oh, by myself, I'm still rich. I, someone was arguing yeah. with me. By the way, like, she fair? keeps Corey Gamble. She's the only one that keeps a man. She keeps Corey Gamble. Like I, and I mean, I don't mean like keeps well, a man Corey like Gamble is a kept woman. Okay? That's what he I said. I, that's what I meant. Not like keeps a man. Like he's around, like he is pay. Like she pays, like she, he's enjoying the lifestyle of a Chris Jenner. And, and he, you could tell he is loving every minute of it. Right. He is the Anna Nicole, the Anna Nicole Smith of the relationship. Right? Yeah. <laughs> he's just more beautiful. Oh my he's God. He's just more beautiful. Oh, than, you just gave what me was his, her husband's name? Oh, uh, Robert Kardashian or no, oh, Anna Nicole Smith. Oh, oh, uh, 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 the, the old tycoon. What's, um, well, okay. Chris Jenner is more beautiful than the old tycoon. Howard, so. Howard Marshall, Howard Marshall, Howard Marshall. Thank you. You just gave me a really good meme idea. Thank you. Um, <laughs> that, that Chris Jenner is going to hate, uh, but that is an amazing idea. So like you, you don't know, like the podcast you're starting to, to hit right now, you always have the Instagram account. What are the stories percolating in your mind right now? Like where you're like, I gotta, this is, I gotta talk about this. Like, is there any other stories right now that you are fixated on or keeping an eye on? Um, yes. Kylie Jenner's baby, whenever she, Has she had it? Birth, and she what's had? the rumor? Like she, everybody's saying she had it three weeks ago. I, I don't know. I have no idea. Um, I did have sources that said that she was due around now, but you know, babies kind of come when they want to. <laughs> well, not Kardashian um, babies. You can choose when a Kardashian baby comes. True. But there is also that element of it's not safe yet, or it's not in your best interest to do this or. Wait, I, do we know if it's a boy or a girl? She did not. She did not say. Oh, she's but my sources said it was a girl. Oh, another girl! Wow. And then I don't know anything about this. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, so I just like wait for information. But there are rumors that um, oh my gosh, what is his name? Mason. Mason, Mason. Disney. Yeah, on on snap on uh, on TikTok. On, yeah, and on Instagram that he has like this private Instagram account and that he's like hinting that the baby's name is Angel and that Angel is a gender neutral name. And um, and then some people were saying that in her baby shower pictures, they feel like they saw pink curtains and I don't know. I like that they're I like that we treat it like I like that there's like clues like that show Yellow Jackets on Showtime where people are oh, I piecing. Love that show. What did you watch the finale? Wasn't it yes, great? I yeah, did. It was so good. I was I'm so excited. They're already working on the second season. I'm just, it's supposed to be out by the end of 2022. So I think in December of this year, we'll get more, but, uh, Mason, I would like it if it were sooner though. Like if someone oh, could get it along, like <laughs> I would love it. I mean, like I was reading an interview with the showrunner and he's like, we're meticulously crafting it. And I'm like, no, just rush it. Like I, I don't worry about it. Just go now. Just improv. It, yeah. We'll, we'll forgive some mistakes. Yeah, like, I mean, you like, can't do worse than game of Thrones. Like the last season. Oh, that's so sad. That is still, I mean, they reboot all of these other movies. They should reboot the last season of Game of Thrones and just do it over, like a choose-your-own-adventure. Um, but yeah, Mason Disick's fascinating because, I, I mean, I cannot, like, I always theorize that Mason is going to end up sleeping with one of Kendall's friends. Like, he's going to, like, the guy has, like, Mason's grown up around all beautiful women. I mean, I, I know this is probably uncouth to talk about, but I always wonder who Mason's girlfriend's going to be. Like it's going right. to be some 25 year old supermodel when he's like 17. 
it would be hilarious if it's someone that his dad dated because it would be like that. Oh my God, Amelia! Stage. It'll be Amelia Hamlin. Oh no! Oh my God! Wait, wait. What are you, what are your theories on like uh, like Amelia Hamlin and Delia Hamlin's work? Because Lisa Rinna come, has the jacked up lips. Do you have any uh, any inner workings on them as a family and their plastic surgery? I've posted, yeah, Amelia and Delilah have both had, you know, worked onto their faces. They're gorgeous girls. Lisa Rinna is absolutely stunning. She has always been stunning, but she used to have lip implants. I don't know if she still does, if she removed them and does filler, but she's weird because she- Yeah, yeah, she is weird. She talking. Yeah. Right, more ways than one, but I love her. I love her so much. Um, She, if she weren't on the show, honestly- Beverly Hills would just be so boring. They get mad at each other for the dumbest things. Like, See, I always, I, I really dislike Lisa Rinna, but I dislike her in a way that she's essential to my housewives enjoyment because to me, housewives, you got to have somebody you really dislike. You got to have somebody to like, go, oh, how dare you? And Lisa Rinna is that person for me. So I don't right. want her ever off the show. I like disliking somebody on the show. Right. Well, the thing about Lisa Rinna is that she'll say, was I messy? Absolutely right. Like she knows she and she owns it, right? She owns oh god. It. Versus some of the other women are like, you use the wrong glass, and then they talk about it for three episodes. Like, I don't care about the freaking glass. Like, come on, that's well, not real drama. When all of you guys have all these legal things going on, and we're talking about the champagne glass was wrong, really. Mm-mm. I talked about this on the show is that they immediately rushed production on Beverly Hills this season that's coming up because the last season did so well. So they had a very tiny break and I thought it's fascinating because usually in that break between seasons, these ladies are able to get their plastic surgery updates and stuff like that. Kyle can get a new nose or whatever. And now they did not have time to update or refresh because filming was so close together. So I'm very curious if we're just not, we're going to see the wear and tear of like two seasons in a row faces, if that makes sense. Maybe, but I also, I didn't look into it. I read that maybe Dory missed, the first little bit of filming because she had gotten a new face. I mean, it would, it would, <laughs> it, yeah. By the way, Dorit 10.0 would be amazing. Um, okay. So you're fascinated with uh, that. What, what else is coming up on the podcast and like, what else are you deep diving? Uh, and because it, this is a lot of work because you really do piece it together and tell a story in the podcast. So what, ha, what's your artistic process in putting all of this together and, and what do you got coming up? So I think about topics that are interesting. Sometimes people are asking me about a topic and I start thinking about, do I want to do this as a post, as a story, as um, a podcast? One thing that I started working on last December and then I kind of put it off and it's coming back. Um, I've just learned of this term called sad fishing or (laughs) vulnerability porn. Do you know what that is? I, I don't, but it sounds right up my alley. Yeah. It's all of these celebrities that post like multiple pictures of themselves, like mid cry. And they're like, oh, like, I'm so sad. Or these are all the times I was sad in 2021. (laughs) I struggle and I cry myself to sleep every day. And it's just like Bella Hadid was the first person I noticed. She's not the first person to do it. But it was like slide after slide after slide of her looking beautiful and crying. And I was like, who goes, you know what? I'm having a mental breakdown right now and I want to take a picture of myself. And not just one, I want to take seven at seven different points in my life of me crying and then post it all and say things like, my life is so hard when we're in the middle of a pandemic 
And some people literally are like losing their homes or can't find food or can't get their tests. And you're like, my mom, she just did not let me wear designers when I was in high school. So awful. And so I started with that concept with Bella Hadid, you know, her multiple crying pictures. And then it, I put it off because I only did four episodes last season because I was still learning how to podcast and I'm doing it myself. Yeah. And I was planning on doing it for this season and I, you know, put on hold. And then I saw, um, Madeline Klein. No, not. She's another, um, Netflix star. She's in Madeline Petch. Okay. So Madeline Petch for her 2021 year, like year in review was a bunch of pictures of her crying And she was just like, all the times I cried in 2021, that was her year in review. And I'm like, (laughs) I feel so awkward. I feel so awkward because first of all, again, who takes pictures of themselves crying and now you're posting it and like, what am I supposed to say? Like, I'm so sorry. And then I think about your like 2021 in review, you are a beautiful, rich, famous actress on a hit Netflix show. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And this is called sad porn. It's called um, sad fishing or vulnerability porn. Vulnerability. <laughs> this, that's, yeah, it's to be more relatable. I've got to try that. That sounds like so uh, uh, just fun. And I, I mean, that's, oh, well, I was watching an episode of Summer House or like an old episode. And I think it was Paige was telling Sierra, like Sierra was crying. And she's like, oh my God, you look so beautiful when you cry. And I was like, that's so funny that women do that to other women. Like, oh my God, you still look beautiful. And I, 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 you know, it's just so funny if like sad is a standard of beauty or, or something that is riding that wave of of popularity right now. I mean, obviously it all goes back to the Kardashians. Remember like Kim being the ugly crier? Yes. I mean, there's totally, it really is. It's like, there's so many great iconic uh, pictures of Kim bawling or, you know, it's like, that's (laughs) what we really, I mean, I cannot wait in a sick way of to see what makes the new Hulu Kardashian show because they've got so much going on, but they always make like in later seasons, some of the worst reality shows that I've ever seen in terms of just like the amount of information we know that they're actually going through. And then what actually makes it to screen is just ridiculous to me. I agree. Um, Uh, But going back also to the ugly crier thing, I just thought of in um, legally blonde when she's crying and I already forgot her name. Um, Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon's crying, but um, the, the fiance of her ex. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thelma Blair's character. Yeah. Thelma Blair, like, sees her crying and she's like, you know, makes you feel better. I'm even jealous that you're pretty while you cry. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, it's, it's a standard of beauty. I mean, okay, so we're going to blame Reese Witherspoon for a lot of this. Um, uh, so you guys, this was amazing. I actually rarely, like, this was such a great conversation because uh, I actually learned things. I know you guys learned things and it was, this is exactly what I love about pop culture. Uh, so thank you so much for coming on and like, how do we support you? Everybody already follows your Instagram account, I'm sure. But if, if not, can you give us like Dana Omari, the, uh, Instagram of course is I, what is it? IG famous by Dana. IG famous by Dana. And the podcast is called Serial Fillers, you guys. Now go subscribe to it. Check it out. Like literally, I think you're going to totally dig this. And always, as I always say with any new podcast, 
go rate it five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify immediately. It's a small thing that you can do that's really free. It's like no charge to you. And it really does help the creator behind it, especially when they're starting. So it's it's just a really, it's a nice gift that you can do for free content. Is there anything else that we need? And by the way, if there's any Los Angeles med spa, I'd love to be the face of a med spa in Los Angeles. So if anybody <laughs> would like to work with my face, I am willing to be experimented on. You can put as much filler <laughs> as you want. Uh, but what else do we have uh, to promote for you? Well, that's all. I don't really have anything else to promote, but if you do want me to hook you up with some med spas, I can probably hook you up. Yes. I mean, that would be a, that, <laughs> I mean, the, the, the account's growing. I'll do my, yeah, I'll do my, I'll, I'll show what I've got done. It'll be totally. And by the way, that would be amazing as a dude, I can walk you through my journey ladies. And, uh, I could, I could see what you guys go through. But um, Dana, this was just really awesome. You have a, a welcome invite to come back anytime you need anything. Really, really great. Uh, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much. I had so much fun. Five, four, three. Betches.